What up, guys? Talk with Tonka, episode 17. And we're recording on a Thursday. We got the windows open in the podcast room because it is stuffy as hell in here. Yes. And no problem at all finding the crib. DJ Mike Lowry. What's going on? What's up, man? I'm chilling, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, you were a Manny Unk resident for a little while, right? I was, right up the hill. Yeah. The whole thing's a hill, but yeah. yeah I was, literally. I was at the top of it. It's funny because I, when I drive home from the gym, like, if you know ridge is backed up or something i always yeah. take like peachin yeah. and peachin you come down and then you go up and it's like yeah. all you see is a hill in front of you and it's like what yeah like, how did this happen a steep climb <laughs> literally yeah. you can you because like some parts of man young it's flat yeah. and some parts it's like steep mm-hmm. ass hill out of nowhere little pockets yeah, yeah it's like I, so weird how that's built here yeah very true and you lived pretty close to here you said i lived on markle uh, right off Ridge, so if you know where like Ace Hardware is, yeah, up yeah, there, mm-hmm. I could see Ace Hardware from my front door. So, oh wow, okay. way too close to the ice cream shop. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the creamery. Yeah. Oh so uh, I actually took Grizz there. Uh, what was my last cheat day? It was like three Sundays ago, I think. And I a, believe you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I actually, I had a cheat meal this past week. But I didn't. I didn't have creamery. I wasn't trying to explain. But um, so. I, I told, she was like, have you, how many times have you been here? You've lived here like 12 God. years and I can probably count on one hand, probably like three or four times. No. Cause like, it was like every Sunday for like two yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I gained well, 20 pounds yeah. while I was living <laughs> In summertime, you're like, oh so shit. <laughs> close, dude. Like I, it was two blocks away. Like, yeah. That's dangerous. Throwing some flip flops and just slide over there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it was funny when she asked, I was like. I've been on keto like seven years, going on seven years. So it's like I lived here 12. So there's only like, you know, a couple summers in there where I could have went. Yeah. Because there used to be a Rita's up there. It's not there anymore? No, that Rita's is gone. It's like an apartment complex now. Everything's an apartment. Yeah, I know. It's like, man, I love that Rita's. Yeah, same. It's dangerous. That was dangerous for me because on my way home from the gym, that was on the right side. So I didn't have to cross traffic to get in there. They had a drive through. I was in and out. So <laughs> that was the bad move for yeah, me. It was in Nathan's and Arita's, right? They were, yeah, they were connected. Yep, yeah. Yep. 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 Do you have like a Rita's go to? Yeah, it's a gelati every time. Swirl yep. custard uh, with. I'll switch it up on the on the ice. Yeah. But, but yeah, swirl custard gelato or gelati, whatever they call yeah. it, and then yeah. Yeah, I was a Swedish fish gelati and vanilla custard. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, yes. I would go Swedish fish a lot. Yeah, yeah. Swedish fish. Would, when they put that on the menu, I was like, oh, this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. I have a sweet tooth, man. It's terrible. But also Swedish fish like also appeals to the nostalgia of like being the kid. Right, right. The right. So fish. we're the same age. Let's see if yeah. you remember this. The yeah. grape Swedish fish, the purple yeah. ones. Do you remember those? Yeah. There, so I brought that up somewhere. I forget. And somewhere like, there was never purple Swedish uh, fish. My pool like, had them. They had both. Yeah. yeah. Like a public pool in my neighborhood. <laughs> yep. yeah, so there was a convenience store where I grew up in Bucks County that yeah. had them. My dad used to buy them by the box for I didn't us. even know they sold them like that. Yeah. So I was, you know, back then you can literally just put your hand in there and put, throw them in a bag. They were, so they, we're going to sound super old. They were yeah. a penny. Yeah. Like same. Literally yeah. a penny <laughs> yep. per fish. Like you get yeah. the oven for 50 cents. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I swear we're not 75. This is really yeah. not yeah. that long ago. <laughs> we're not 75. Yeah. Are you sure? No, I feel it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I so that's that's another thing is like I feel like as I say these things, especially to the younger generation, it's like, wow, like something like that exists. <laughs> so uh, it's it's funny because I I had to check myself. Obviously, I was like talking to a younger person about it. We were talking about like gas prices or something yeah. like that, right? Oh god. And you know, I started driving same time you started driving. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> so it'll be, be twenty three years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Right? So like I. 
someone's full lifetime ago, they, like when I first started driving, gas was absolutely like a dollar a yeah. gallon. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's impossible. It's like and 90 then, cents or something. But like I looked it up and it wasn't that long ago that it went up. It was like early 2000s that it yeah. went up. It, it was a dollar sub a dollar for a really long time, but it sounds insane to say it right, oh, right uh, now. Like, it does. Because like, with my new car, they, they, they suggest, you know, 89 above, right? Sure. So every now and then I'll treat it to some 91, <laughs> which is like five something mm. a gallon. Mm. And I'm like, this hurts. It, take, it costs like $78 to fill my tank. Yeah. And you know, I'm looking at your car too. I was looking to get one. So that makes me very sad. But yeah, yeah. It's cause like they, for like, I don't know why German cars think they're better than American sure. cars, but they want 89 or above, mm-hmm. which, you know, does it matter? I have no idea. I'm no, not no chemical expert, but I, you know, I say I'll put 89 in it because mm-hmm. that's what the gas door says. So I'll put 89 in it. It's still a hurt piece. Yeah. It's like four, I don't want to say what it's like, 460 now, 470 a gallon. And I'm like, yeah. geez. And I get I get pretty good gas mileage in that thing. I get like 26. Right. Which is great. But then when you're adding it up, like over the year when I do my taxes, I'm like, man, that's, that's not really that great. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Because fuel economy is like something that us or people I think worry about where kids are like buying these like expensive trucks and all these like you know these challengers and stuff and they're burning gas they don't yeah. they're not thinking about that no I'll, I'll be on like you know car gurus and then scroll all the way to the bottom like MPG yeah right, cool. yeah <laughs> yep because yeah. like yeah. we drive a lot yeah I, it was, I never realized of course I realized it but like I never like conceptualized how much I was driving until you know as you know I stopped working my day job like yeah. three months ago and like how much I'm saving on gas and oil changes. Yeah. Like I was getting like an oil change a month, probably even more sometimes yep. like mm-hmm. between like AC to Philly to Ben Salem. To, yeah. You know, like all that. And then now it's just like gigging back, you know, it's still AC. So, you know, it'll be wild within the summer or whatever. But like, I, I never, it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds oh, of yeah. dollars a month. Like yep. insane. Yeah. So your, but your yeah. bank account must be loving you right now. Right. <laughs> Somewhat. I mean, it's it kind of ba- yeah. it kind of balanced out. I guess. I never, yeah, I never realized how much having a day job was costing me. Let's put it. That yeah, because like, I when I way. first moved here, I was working in AC a ton, yep. and then when I left Dusk Complex and mm-hmm. moved and started DJing like the resident at Parks, yep. I was like, damn, the cash flow was kind of different, right? Because yep. I was working two nights at Dusk and then you know other gigs on top of that. Mm-hmm. So I was driving all the way to Newtown. The Bucks County Community College for oh, a part-time wow. job, okay. and then working, you know, DJing in Philly. So I was yeah. commuting like forty-five minutes in the morning and an hour home because wow. of traffic. Yeah, so yeah. when I left that job after six and a half years, yeah, I noticed the mileage difference yeah. right away, and then the you know gas price difference and stuff yeah. like that, the, that kind of thing. And it's like, was it really worth it to drive all the way out there, dude? I was putting, <laughs> I, I did the average. I did twenty-three. Not not that the people tuned in today to talk have us talked about fuel economy yeah, yeah, yeah. and saving money, but. Uh, I think I put, I averaged like twenty two, twenty five thousand miles a month. I mean, a year, excuse yes. me, on my car. Yeah, you know, same. Yeah. So like around twenty five thousand a year, and I think in the last three months since I left my job, I think I put on thirty five hundred, maybe. Yeah, it's amazing. It, I, yeah. Ever like since I stopped months. working and my day job, just in the beginning of this year, yeah. I noticed a difference. Yeah. Because like I'm only driving during the week to here and from the gym. Yeah, to which the is, city or whatever. Yeah, else, which yeah. I get to the city in 13 minutes. I get to the gym in 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. So how many miles is that? I don't even know. It doesn't. Yeah, you're but, in a good location for you. Yeah, for it's sure. perfect. You know yeah. what I mean? Except, except for when you're like trying to get somewhere in a hurry because you can't. Like when I got to the ballpark. Yeah. If it's not an early game or a late late like a mid afternoon game, yeah, I'm screwed. Some time. Yeah, I have to literally figure that out. 
That's I plan my day around that because of seventy six, the animal that it is. Yeah, it's not. And that's the fastest way to the ballpark is seventy six right to Packer F. That's the that's, yeah, that's true. That's the straightest route because like any anything else, you have to go through different intersections and mm-hmm. all these other things. This makes it like a cluster. And you're actually in a good spot for when you need to go places too. I'm very close to ninety five, so like yeah. it's and that's why I got it because like my I was going to ask you that yeah. next. Yeah, so my I was living here, and then that's what got me to like that eastern corridor. I got the job, the day job in Ben Salem when I was living in Roxborough, and then that commute got horrible. Oh I yeah, mean, like like because they're even though they're both you know on the outskirts of the city they're could not be in more different quadrants so oh like, yeah it's terrible it my drive you know i would it was like you know what's they say like death by a thousand knives or like whatever yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you know the saying is i just had to choose how i wanted to die every day right <laughs> like, do, I want, do i want to die on the turnpike like, yeah do I yeah want to yeah die on roosevelt Bo- literally die on roosevelt boulevard yeah like, possibly I, that was when when my yeah. gps like y'all you gotta take the boulevard no. today. i'm like no god no, no please stop Got rated like the third deadliest road in the country yeah like no thank you is. And no thank you so it was an hour either way like and, and it was just a lot and then like when i got out of that lease i looked anything as close to 95 as possible so i just kind of like you know zoomed in my zillow on that right yeah I was, I was there for another five six years and and now you know even so i'm still looking for anything over on that side because if i have to hop you know to ac i'm right next to 95 yep jump right on the expressway or you know jump right on the bridge around right the expressway and that's what you know i think is great about our, both of our locations is we're so close to the highway and i think that yeah. Now, as I get older, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm thinking about that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like where you see these other people, they're like, oh, I want to live in like the cool spots, but they're not thinking ahead. It's that extra like 15 minutes of your drive before you're on a major road that yeah. pisses me off. Like, like, and I, I grew up in the suburbs, so I'm not like, down in yeah. you know, anybody who's living in the suburbs. It's just a level of convenience for me that I don't yeah. have. And like you said, like wanting to be somewhere really quick, you know, and I DJ downtown a lot. Like I can get to a downtown venue that I DJ at eight different ways. Right. Right. Like you were saying, like, you know, where you're at, you would kind of have to only go like pretty much one or two different ways. Right. Like I can literally go, you know, I, you know, like you, I could take 95 and go all the way around. I could yeah. Take, you know what I mean? You could take, take Columbus Boulevard too. Take Columbus know. Boulevard. I could take, you which know, is weird saying anything. to me still, I still call her at Delaware Ave. What? So this is going to be like a, like a, a Philly nerd conversation that no one will ever agree on. It's both. Was and it? it yes. Yeah, it is both. And it switches at a certain point. I know, but it was all that whole strip was Delaware Ave at one point, right? I don't know. I mean, I've been living my first apartment down there, and not only that, but like coming down here for over 20 years. Uh, and it was Columbus Boulevard 20 years ago. Was it? On the south part of it, yeah. So the north part of it's always been Delaware Ave, like where like Club Chrome and, yeah, was and it? Roxy and all So that that's Delaware Ave on that that's side. That's Delaware Ave. Okay. Columbus Boulevard. I think it's like. Maybe I just never took notice. I don't know the, the marking, but it, let's call it like Penn's Landing and down. And, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. And Penn's Landing and up. Interesting. Or, yeah. Huh. Where, so uh, where, where in the suburbs did you grow up? So I grew up in Reading. And I grew up in a suburb of Reading. Yeah. Um, but as you know, there really is, Reading is just like a sprawled out kind of suburb, really. There is like a very small inner city hub. And then it was all farmlands at one point. And in the 70s and 80s, they built it up into a bunch of housing developments. Yeah. So it's a small city. It's uh, under 100,000 people, like a, wow. you know, like a Camden or like, you know, like something like that. It's up okay. Same uh, per capita or whatever. But um, yeah, grew up there. Uh, I saw the funny meme today. You see the Taylor Swift meme where it's like, she looks like the girl that says she's from Philly, but she's really from Reading. No, I didn't see that. But she's really from Reading. Though. Yeah, That's she why is. It's yeah, funny. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And she's from a suburb of Reading, a different one called Why Missing. Like we're all from you know different suburbs of Reading, but like 
you know, it's it's always funny. Like, yeah, like when people would claim that she's from Nashville, I'm like, no, she's no, from Reading. She's definitely from Reading. Yeah. It's like when Pink doesn't uh, say she's oh, from Goldstown. Yeah, that's funny too. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, she has a house out there. I yeah, know. it's like massive. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. Huge. It's like yeah. why don't you just you know embrace your roots? And she and if you like <laughs> hear her talk for more than ten minutes, she just is a Bucks County. Chief yeah, anyway. you could hear like, it. Yeah, hundred percent here. So but, what brought you to Philly? Uh, Temple. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I moved here to go to Temple and always wanted to. I wanted to go to Temple since I was like 13. I just mm-hmm. like. You know, was it because of the basketball program? Yeah, or? pretty much. Just watching John Chaney coach yeah. them and me being a basketball guy. And I was just like, I want to go there. And then, you know, Philly was so close. It was an hour drive. So, like, my family just spent, you know, like weekends down here where they're going to the yeah. museums, you know, just you know, that kind of family outings and stuff. And so fell in love with the city. Uh, my mom wanted me to go absolutely anywhere else besides Temple because. Yeah. We didn't have Qdoba at Temple back then. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We yeah. didn't have uh, the security, and and unfortunately, there's still really bad stuff happening. At oh, it's a shame. But, yeah. But that being said, there wasn't even like measures in place back then. We had one Wendy's and like a Cinnabon, yeah. and that's and no lights. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I remember it. those days. My yeah. brother went to school there. Exactly. So yeah. like it was, it, but nonetheless, all jokes aside, it's always been a great school and still is a great school. Like uh, ac- you know, academically. Yeah. Um. So I went for it. Um, took out a bunch of loans and had a great time. And yeah, I'm, I'm still paying my same, same. <laughs> Made me fall in love with the city, and then uh, are, yours, just, are yours frozen right now? Because mine are still. I think so. <laughs> yeah, and I that sounds irresponsible <laughs> to say, but like I keep getting emails about it. Like, you know, and it just the email just basically keeps looking the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I know as long you know, I check my credit, you know, fairly often. Yeah, once yeah. I started like getting into a good place where I wanted to check it. Like, yeah, I check it and. It always says like uh, total balance, which I won't say. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then it says like zero owed or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like you're up to date on all payments. I'm thinking like I haven't made a payment in years. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Biden. Whatever, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even care like who I have to thank. I don't want to offend anybody. I just yeah, want, yeah. I want. Here's who I want to vote for president. Whoever can keep that going. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that is everybody's got an issue. That's yeah. an issue because that you know, payment would be. That, yeah, I know. When that mine gets unfrozen, I'm like a terrified. So. Uh, you're at Temple. Yeah, so at Temple, uh, and really just from the get-go, like, you know, a bunch of my friends, or even my siblings when they were in college, uh, they went, they both went to Shippensburg, um, you know, came home a lot, like visited home, and for a time at least, and a bunch of my friends even at Temple who were like from my hometown, yeah. always went home. I I didn't. I just like fell in love with the city, immersed myself in the city. Nice. Um, I was like, I wasn't DJing super active at the time. Um but like, you know, cause I was focused on school and, you know, doing yeah. whatever else I DJed in high school and then, but like still like loved being around it. So I found like whatever record shop, found Armin's, found, yeah. like, you know, the shops in the city and stuff like that, just so it could feel a little bit, you know, yeah. like, like home did for me. Um, uh, yeah. That, I mean, and you know, found myself a barbershop, found my, like I, I found like you home found, here. Yep. It wasn't like, so you found when, your necessities. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, so I, I enjoyed every part about being in the city. Like I, even when I was in Reading, I grew up in the suburbs. I was I went downtown every weekend. That's where my my barbershop was. Is where yeah, uh, it's where my record shop was. Where I you know bought my vinyls and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was always about like finding your little like key spots and like making your routine out of yeah. it. So like I liked riding the subway. I know that sounds super weird. But, yeah, like, no, yeah. I know a lot of people that like doing yeah. it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like it now necessarily, but yeah. like at eighteen and living in the city by yourself, like yeah. I thought that was super cool. So yeah. it just made me fall in love with the city. Um, and then I got a, you know, like four years there, whatever. Always lived like somewhere around Temple. Yeah. For the most part, uh, moved down to South Philly when I graduated. Uh, got a job with the Target Corporation. Oh, okay. Bullseye. 
Uh, they lured me in with their management acceleration program. Uh, <laughs> no, it was a blast, man. That was, that was probably like the most fun, looking back, like the most fun I had like working a job. And it was like a great experience, Fortune 500 company and the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, great opportunities and all that stuff, but retail is retail. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I knew I wanted DJing to be a part of my life again. And if I kept going on that track, I was going to be working 80 hours a week and most of it weekend. Even if I was like, you know, high level man, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, You're still working weekends. Super yeah. grueling. And I was burnt out at like 23. And I was like, nah, I want to DJ. So whatever can yeah. make that possible for me, and which meant freeing up my weekends. You know, yeah. it's like, you got to be out there. You got to go network. You got to go yeah. see people play. You got to like kind of, you know, feel how like venues are, you know, how they're becoming successful, how DJs yeah. are becoming successful. Yep. So a lot of footwork or legwork, I should say. And yeah, so I left that and got into pharmaceuticals, and that's what I've been doing for the last fifteen years yeah. outside of DJing. Yeah. So, um, champ, you kind of kind of took my Sorry, second question out of there. Yeah, kind of went off on a tangent there. Yeah. That's what I like about not scripting the show, right? Yeah, that's fine. Because I feel like we we throw out something and then see where it goes. So I was giving you legs. To, yeah. To no, I have tons yeah, of yeah. legs. Now yeah. I have the process like yeah. the thousand leggers yeah. <laughs> that you just gave me, right? For sure. So, uh, were you DJing any like temple parties? Yeah, so uh, a little bit, but like really just like my own parties. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, my, like if we throw a house party, I would DJ it. Were you in a frat? No. No? No, no. I just had like, um, so freshman year in the dorm, sophomore year in the dorm. Sorry, I'm thinking out loud. I'm trying to remember where, no, that's where fine. I lived. Uh, junior year, Carlisle Street. Shout out to everybody who lives on Carlisle Street that's listening. Um, <laughs> uh, there's some Temple. Temple's such a huge network. Oh, uh, yeah, so like, yeah. You know, someone's going to know that reference. Uh, so... And I was in like a big ass house. It was disgusting, like absolutely disgusting. We had one female roommate. Hi, Jamie. So <laughs> bad for her because the house was so gross. Was oh, like five, really? Five dudes and one girl. They. It was one of those things where like someone kept renting it. So the landlord, who now owns like half a temple, they had no inclination to improve it because someone was always going to rent it because there was very few off-campus housing at the time. Now there's so much. Yeah. But like my year, the year that I went to Temple saw like such a huge boom in enrollment. Pardon me. It was the it was the biggest enrollment to date, and it's probably been bested since then. But it was the biggest year of enrollment they'd ever had in the history of the university. Was the year that I went. Mm-hmm. So like my freshman dorm, I slept in a lounge with like four other people. Like it was like a studying lounge. Like, oh wow! I mean, they put beds in it and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, like, yeah. Legit was like a thirty by thirty room with like a forty foot ceiling. That that was my bedroom. Snap! It was wild, right? It made for a cool freshman experience because like. Uh, the upstairs, there was no lock on the door upstairs. So, like the floor upstairs could like come into like the loft of our room. And as a non-related detail to the story, it was an all girls floor. So like that was cool as an 18 year old. Yeah. 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 Young man. But, uh, but like just, it also was not cool looking back on it. Cause like, yeah, yeah. Privacy. People were like playing my PlayStation in the middle of the day when I would get back from class. Like, <laughs> so it, 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 I made lifelong friends out of it. Like literally still friends with these guys to this day. Yeah. But it was freaking wild. So that being said, there wasn't much off campus housing either. Right. And which is, you know, a lot of the reason why Temple is such a commuter school, but yeah. So we, we, you know, I lived off campus, found a house with like some upperclassmen guys that I got cool with from working at the gym. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, super involved in fitness back then. Uh, worked at the gym all four years of school, so I met some guys through there. Yeah, and we all got a house together. Some of the guys from the gym got a house together, but it was disgusting. Uh, <laughs> but also, the other reason why I wasn't DJing as much then, as you know from like the chronology of DJing, that was when they stopped pressing vinyl and started moving everything to digital. Yeah, it was also before I think it predated the SL1. 
Oh, wow. Okay. So, like, it was that time period where, like, everybody had to choose to switch to CDs mm -hmm. before, like, the SL1 was readily available and or, like, the software was really trustable, if you will. You know, it was when only AM and A-Track had it and they were figuring it out for everybody yeah, else. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Literally. Yeah. So, like, it was, you know, whatever year that was. So, it would have been 04 or whatever. So, mm -hmm. it really wasn't, like, that prevalent. And not to mention it was expensive. That alone was expensive. Oh, it was, like, $700. Right. But so was, like... So was getting your entire vinyl library digitized onto CDs yeah. and or buying all these CDs and or joining a record pool that had to send you these CDs so then you had to archive them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pain in the ass. For a broke 18-year-old college student, I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to rock out with what vinyl I have and just have a good time. You know, I wasn't making it a career for myself at that point. Right. And then... uh you know, so it was really just for hire, and that's when, like, there were some guys definitely, like, thugging it out, though, like, doing everything they could. Like, I was at Temple at the same time as Royale was there, and I don't know when he started DJing. I won't speak for him, like, when he yeah, started yeah, yeah. physically DJing, but, like, I was friends with a lot of guys in his fraternity at Teak, and I remember going to those parties, and, you know, he might have a couple of vinyls, he might have a CD book, and he kind of just... Go back and forth. It wasn't that smooth back then, guys. For any any of the guys who, like, say it was, like, the parties were not that smooth. Even bars downtown had guys with, like, a CD book just, like, throwing yeah. different songs on. That's how like, I started at Tiki Bob's with literally, a CD book. Yeah. But literally, and, and some without mixers, some without crossfaders, yeah. like, some with brief pauses in between songs. Like, yeah. this stuff has escalated in the last 15 years more than it had for, like, so many years before that because it was vinyl for so long that they didn't have to worry about anything else. Everybody learned how to mix on vinyl. And yeah. You know, it really came in the 70s, but then in the early 80s, and they could just rely on that. And yeah. all of a sudden, it cost too much, and record companies literally, like, <laughs> yeah, for everybody. I mean, dude, I was, one song I'm paying $7 for. Yeah. One song. You got me one yeah. doubles, that's 14 bucks. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> crazy shit. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, not to go down that, but like, that was a lot for me. And yes, they still made vinyl, but it was even more expensive at that time. Yeah. So if I wanted to get it, I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm cool. And then I just got into school, got into, you know, everything having to do with Temple, got into working out like crazy. Yeah. And, and uh, DJing, I don't want to say it took a backseat. It's always been like everything to me, but yeah. just not as a business during college. At right. All. And then I just missed the hell out of it for like yeah. those next couple of years after college. Like so much. And I was tired of telling people that like, I used to be a DJ and I was like, <laughs> I don't want to say that phrase anymore. So yeah. I'm going to make sure that that phrase changes to, I am still DJing. Right. And I just did whatever it, I could to make that happen. But, yeah. Uh, so your past three, I think you said three months you've been without your day job, right? Yeah. So you've been a full-time DJ for three months. Yeah. yeah. How you been enjoying that? It's cool. I mean, it's, it, I, what's funny is I'm not DJing a ton more than I was before. Mm -hmm. uh, so if anything, I'm, I might just be sleeping more, which I hadn't done for yeah. you know the last ten years. Uh, Welcome to my life. Yeah, yeah right. Like, I, I mean, like it's not. I'm, I'm sure there's more that I could be doing with the DJing aspect of it, but yeah. it's hard to like all of a sudden make myself this like super bustling DJ entrepreneur when I've been the you know, been doing the double life thing for so long. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not necessarily that I miss that. I know that there is a way to really make this work, and I would love to see it through. Um, but it is tough. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. They're like, you know, well, why don't you do a full-time? I was like, well, I've always done a full-time. And they're like, no, but I mean like full-time. I'm like, no, that was full-time too. I mean like. Yeah. Just because you was, have another job doesn't mean it's not full-time. Yeah, it was definitely full-time. The only difference was I'm not going to take a random ass gig on a Sunday with no, you know, for no reason if I have a day job on a Monday morning. Like, it's Right. Not, yeah. The, yeah. The juice after a while isn't worth the squeeze. Like I was doing it for the longest time and. 
uh, I mean, not to get back to the age thing again, I don't know what it was. It might have been 35. I don't really remember. Yeah. There was a certain point that hit like a ton of bricks where like four hours wasn't enough sleep. No. Like I was, Trust I, me. I forget who I was. I was talking to, um, the other day I was talking to, you know, Jimmy Six, both yeah. boys, about it. And he's obviously a much younger guy. And we were talking about something with like the weekend and this and that. And he was like, you know, I slept like three hours or four hours or whatever. And I was like, yeah, man, that's, I can't even like say that out loud right now. Yeah. It's funny. I'm miserable. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I would literally want to punch miserable. a baby if, if I did that. It it's was, like me taking a shot of Jameson. I want to punch a baby. You do. Um, <laughs> so I think that's where I struggled when I had even my part-time job. You know what I mean? I would have to like wake up and then I had to be there at say 10 o'clock, but sure. it was an hour away. So that means I had to leave my house at like yeah. quarter of nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. It gives me 15 minutes to walk in the building, clock in, do yeah. that shit. So I think, you know, am I making it work? Yeah, of course I'm mm -hmm. making it work. But it's like, could the extra money and cash flow help? A thousand fucking percent. So these past three months, right? right? I know you said you had a job interview Monday, right? Yeah, I've been fielding a bunch of different ones, some more formal than others. But right, yeah. how'd that go? Uh, it's good. Um, what it's really been since is like, you know, it, admittedly, like people asked, like, you know, within the first two weeks, they were like, "How's the job search going?" I'm like, "It's not really going." I'm, yeah, I was okay, and I'm okay right now, and I want to see what I can do, you know. And yeah, and and like you know, people closest to me that have an interest in in my well being, like whether it be like Weiss or somebody else, yeah. like that, like. He was just like, let me know what you want to do, man. I was like, I want to work. Let me just, let me just work. And yeah. Then, you know, cause he knows for years, like, just because he and I have worked together for so long, there's just stuff I've had to say no to for years. You know what I mean? Like, it could be like a corporate gig on like a Tuesday that, that could net a lot. Like, yeah. you, know, you know how those go. Yeah. Sorry. Like the ones you do for like parks and like stuff yeah. like that. Same relationship we have with like Hard Rock. Mm -hmm. That stuff can net. And I've had to say no to those for years. That stuff adds up. That's, yeah. That can add up to, you know, on in the thousands per yeah, month. Yeah, just will. just in parks racing events this summer. Yeah, it's an extra five six grand. Sure, exactly. In, in three months, mm -hmm. so it's like that's the so that so a lot of people I think as I get older, where a lot of these younger guys probably aren't doing because I you know I see Instagram because mm -hmm. <laughs> so right. how I used to be. Sure, you know what I mean just I call it fuck you money and just start spending it because it's the gig that I wasn't supposed to have, oh, but yeah. now. That I'm older is that, that those day gigs go right into a savings account. I don't oh, yeah, even touch I got, them because I got a I, stash for yeah, them. yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's my stash mm -hmm. away account because after this house repair that I just had to pay and then my oh, shore yeah. house, like I'm out like nine grand, so I, I have to build that yeah. build that back up. I I definitely do that. That's why I hate when venues. I hate and love when venues pay me like in cash. Yeah, oh god, like, it feels great, but I'm like get this shit away from yeah, me. Yeah, my gig tonight's cash. Yeah, <laughs> and, and but it, but my car payment and mortgage is due tomorrow. Exactly. So so you know, but I, I'd say that's the that's the one thing that's got me like you know flirting with you know day job or not day job i mean ideally perfect answer and i've said this to recruiters and they just kind of laugh at me because they're a little bit confused pardon me is a part-time job doing what i was previously doing would be perfect yeah like i'm not trying to sound unambitious but it would allow me to really still attack djing as you know uh, strongly as i want to i wouldn't limit me in any way there it would still be a substantial amount of money coming in from the day job because the industry itself you know in pharmaceuticals yeah. obviously is lucrative but it would be a perfect balance between the two. And really, for some reason, they don't think that's an easy sell. I disagree because what I ask for at my experience level in my industry full-time is a lot of freaking money. I'm looking at them like, pay me half of that. Yeah, right. and like, I'll do 16 hours of work, yeah, get my health insurance, and I'm out. And you will still get work done. Like you will yeah. still, I mean, Meaning like you will still get productivity out of me, but I'm literally trying to save you half the money. Because I promise you, you have me 40 hours a week. I'm not going to give you 40 hours of productivity. 
15 of those hours are going to be spent uh, doing DJ invoices, doing yeah. promo, like yeah. ask any of my previous employers, like 15 to 20 of those hours per week were spent multitasking my other career. For right. Those, for those people who don't think I DJed full time, I spent a ton of time, yeah. whether it be on calls with somebody or you know talking to a wedding client yeah. or I'm answering emails. Like I have my Gmail open and my work mail. Which I'm happy to see you doing now, the wedding mm-hmm. stuff. Because you know I, I don't want to do it either, but I have a wedding tomorrow. And it's like, when I look at that paycheck from that wedding, I just got paid. They just paid me today and I do it tomorrow. And I'm like, we have a wedding coming up. Yeah. So it's like, I have to, you know, I have to split that with another DJ, but it's a 60, 40 split. And I'm looking like, yeah, no, and the one we have coming up is is great too. Yeah. So it's it's like, I I was so reluctant to go into that private party thing. Right. And Mm -hmm. then I started, you know, I started doing the booking thing at Stratus. Yeah. I started my LLC. I was like, how can I make DJing work? Sure without a day job even though uh, i'll get i'll get to this in a second but i was like i need to start doing other things Mm -hmm. with the entertainment world right so i'm like whether it's me doing a wedding or me sending someone to do a wedding which i have a private party i couldn't do so i'm sending one of my dj homies out on that and i'm getting a cut of that right sure so i'm working without even working no, it's definitely great for that. I I think it's I don't all make a ton of money, but it's a, I, it's, a, it's enough to sit to do it. You know? I think there's a spectrum for people though. Like so, for some people, like like meaning like a spectrum of like not interest, but uh, maybe spectrum is the wrong word. There's like it can be compartmentalized, like where you want DJing to play a role in your right. life, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Some people flat out like you know my mentor that brought me up in in Reading. Uh, is he still a DJ. Yeah, DJ H. Fidel. Eddie actually does his uh, his flyers now. Cause I oh, plug- really? He asked me who did my flyers, and I plugged him into Eddie. And oh, he wow. Okay. One too. He's he's one of the best DJs I've ever heard in my entire life. He started in Reading, moved to South Carolina, did radio down there, radio in Tampa. And for anybody who's listening to any of the podcasts, I'm going to shout him out every time. But that's, you know, that's OG. This guy brought me in. Uh, he's now back in Reading. He's on Loud with Grooves. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so like he's him and Grooves are boys. Uh, so he probably knows Fly, because Fly does. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. So, um, Big hip-hop head. Yeah, I mean, and, and so is H. H is, I don't want to age him. He just had a birthday. He's, I want to say like 51 or 52. So like okay. super OG in the game. Uh, and he's on Loud, but also still flies down to Tampa, does some spot gigs down there. He's great relationships with those guys. Yeah. Um, what was I talking about with him? Oh, him, point being, at his age, and he's got family and kids and everything, I literally could not see him doing anything but DJing in any way, right. shape, or form, right? He also does other stuff. He does voiceovers, you know, from all his radio days. Like, yeah. many streams of income, but he's an example of somebody who, you know, I could not see doing anything but playing music for somebody, right? Gotcha. Or, like, something in that realm. Yeah. Whereas, like, I was always super specific about what I wanted to do, and I know it sounded, like, arrogant and idealistic, but, like, I really have only ever wanted to DJ nightclubs. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't mean I hate doing that. No, those so I, I, I totally get that, man. Like, it's just Trust the only me. time I'm happy. Like, I'm not just happy playing music for people. I no, promise I you, I'm know. not. And like, people think it's like, no. oh, come DJ my kid's first no, birthday. Sorry, it make me happy. not happening. And, that, and people always ask why I had a day job because I could say no to those with ease. Yeah, same. That's Even though I, I can't, I technically shouldn't. But No, but I'm saying when I had a day yeah, job. Yeah, so like, that's another reason why I made the LLC, right? Because sure. someone uh, met me at a Phillies event and they were like, hey, well, I would love for you to play my niece's Sweet 16. Right. I was like, hey, ha- Hit up my assistant, who my niece. Thank God, she deals with all my wedding client emails and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And she and all my private party stuff. She handles everything. I give her a hundred dollars a gig that she books me. Shoot, you know what I mean? It's great. I gave her. A pro- that. That's awesome. I probably give her a little too much, but I was gonna say that's generous. She's yeah. she's supporting it. She uh, you know she she has a husband and everything, but yeah, yeah. she's uh, she took time off from teaching to raise her first kid. So right. 
I was like, yeah, I mean, she books me a two thousand dollar wedding. What's a hundred bucks? I'm yeah, just gonna yeah, give her a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? So, uh, I told her email my assistant and she'll get back to you. Right? Right, right. So she, you know, this person hit up my. I didn't want to do a sweet sixteen, so I hit up. The, my DJ network. I'm like, hey, who's yeah. got experience doing these Sweet Sixteens? Come guys, I start. That's all I did. I did like yeah. dozens of them growing up. So yeah. I was like, who's got experience doing Sweet Sixteens? I was also sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> three guys hit me back. They were like, yeah. I can do it. I can do. It. I can do it. I was like, all right, what's your rate? And then I took the average number, yeah. added a hundred bucks to it, hundred fifty bucks to uh-huh. it, and sent it out. And I think we booked it. And I, so she booked it or whatever. So that something like that, I'll probably give her like fifty bucks. But yeah, yeah. Um, but those that's why I create the LLC, right? Because mm-hmm. I was cause like, I don't want to do them. So I'll send someone to do them. That's right? smart. Yeah, because if smart. they heard me play, I'm going to book someone that, you know, obviously has, has experience and plays like me. Comparable, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to do with Stratus, right? Because mm-hmm. I felt like Stratus had no identity, right? You have yes. DJs from all walks of life in there. So that's how I would describe it. The first, my first, well, was my first time there. I played there four years ago. But the first yeah. time you had me there last month, I was like, yeah, this place has no idea what it is. But right. we're going to get there. Yeah, for right. Sure. So my. The, my reasoning about booking who I'm booking, I'm booking party rock DJs, mm-hmm. right? That can rock any party that's put in front of them and they can move, they can pivot, right? So I, I always tell people to start off the scene. They're playing like loungy top 40 house remix. In the yeah, beginning, start with that. Yeah. Right. And then figure out the audience that's in front of you. You know, get warmed up, do what you got to do, and then figure out what's in front of mm-hmm. you because anybody could walk in there. Wedding receptions, yeah, you know. This guy taking his hooker out on a date, like <laughs> I think that was also happening. Yeah, that's, that happens. Yeah. All I'm there time. tomorrow too. So yeah, 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 guys with hookers on dates come out and see me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll get I'll a slow there. jam with us, little Bobby Valentine. <laughs> yeah, so that that's what I'm trying to do at Stratus, and that's what I pitched to them in the yeah. meeting. It's like I want to give you guys an identity, right? Because they had no. Their Instagram was all over the place. Yeah. There, so I was like, I want your flyers to all look the same. So when the people are going to your website, everything looks the same. Mm-hmm. Everything is consistent. And then when they hear the music this week, next week, the week after, it's consistent. Yeah, and everybody's probably got a little tweak to yeah, it. Yeah, you know but I mean? everybody's pretty much the same kind of DJ, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They may not mix the same records the same kind of way as me and you would right, or right. whatever, but everybody can can switch to the crowd and that sure. was the problem they were having is they were having these like Joe Schmoes in there that only played house music or only played disco and yeah. only played oldies they can't conform to the younger generation that's coming in if they're coming in and if like yeah. if there's a wedding party you gotta know how to mix between like Motown hip hop house you there's, know pop there's also like a uh, like the we- the wedding crowd as we say it even if it's yeah. not a wedding like, yeah. you know you can call it like a wedding crowd yeah. doesn't have um it's not as like it's not as elastic. Like there there are things that they'll respond to. It doesn't span that far. Like yeah. you can't take as many risks. Yeah. You can't use, you know, the use DJ terms for people, like you can't really use a setup record. You can't do like you know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah, really yeah. gotta just go like not to say banger is kinda cliche, but like you gotta kinda, you know, not take a play off with them. You know what I mean? And and if you do, you're fine. You'll get them back. It's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. But like they are very much like if I don't know the words of this song, I don't like this song. Right. Yeah. yeah Whereas yeah, like yeah. a lot of the guys they had there in the past, you know, and I just know from seeing a couple flyers, I'm not. Yeah, down, yeah. I'm not literally not saying a bad word about any of the DJs they've had before, but a lot of them, I know them to also be the guys that might play like an off day at Silk City, or they might play. Yeah. Exactly. Like the back room at LMNO, which by the way I heard is super dope. Yeah. But it's it's niche. It's niche. And it's not appealing to someone who Googled boutique hotel in Philly yeah. who's from Texas or some shit. 
and just landed it. Is it the Monaco or the Kimpton? Monaco. Monaco it's right? Kimpton, ho- uh, Kimpton Group. Or, group, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So it's still the Monaco. So they Googled cute boutique hotels and landed at the Monaco, which, by the way, is a cute hotel. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, I want to go grab a drink upstairs. And you want to play this like most obscure, like minimalist remix yeah. of this Drake song that you found in, on SoundCloud. And it's like, all right, man. Like, come what on. are you doing, bud? They're, they're here for one night. <laughs> they're literally, like, oh, you're ruining you it. And it was funny. I... I uh, they want to do like a throwback night there, right? On a thir- on Thursdays, they want all throwbacks, which you know works in some aspects and some aspects it doesn't. But when I was there with Pearson, uh, was it two weeks ago? I was there with him. Uh, he jumped off. I had to go do a party somewhere else, so we mm-hmm. split the night. And I was I was playing Toto Africa, and I mixed it with Girlfriend in Africa by Sousa Hands. Mm-hmm. Right? This dude must have thought I was like the king remix. Yeah, DJ. but you can't sit there and explain to him. No, like, no, no, it's Crook and Clan. But yeah, like, but he liked how I went yeah, from sure. the, actually it was it, it was uh, Scooter's revamp of Toto, gotcha. so it had a little bit more like bass hit to it. But yeah, he was yeah. like mind blown. He was like, "Oh yeah. my god, dude!" He's like, "That was so cool." Sometimes you just have to let them believe that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I am that good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely not. But so it's like it's that Joe Schmo. I think he was from like Indiana or something. He sure. was like, yo, this is so dope, man. And I was playing like R&B records for the other night. And yeah, he was yeah. like, thought I was the best DJ on the planet. Yeah. And, I think if someone else was in that room and they saw there was only eight people in there, they're not going to rock out. Like I was rocking out like it was packed because I know I only had an hour and a half set. Man, it is tough. Yeah, but it was I had an hour and a half set, so I was like, I'm just going to have fun with it. You know what I mean? So I played to like the eight, ten people that were in there because it was a Thursday night, and literally everybody was vibing. And then people started coming, and they like want me to stay open yeah if it's yeah, I mean, hot if it's hot when they walk in like it's a good thing for a, yeah not small room because it's obviously a big space but it is still kind of technically a small room yeah even unless though, they open the you know the outside yeah like yeah. even with the outside open it's not like enormous right yeah like, it's, it's sprawled out for people to like relax and it's really if nobody's ever been there this is not a plug just because i'm there tomorrow night or or because taco manages the account but yeah if you do just want like a cool ass spot to like, yeah, go have a drink outside, it, it there really is not much like it in the city. At yeah, all. yeah, and I um, like kind of how it's sunken are into. Those, are the those roof. like libraries on either side? Like so that that's like rooms studies? you can rent out. Yeah, and oh. they're they're each called different things. So one is like a darker, warmer color, and the other one's more spring. I didn't get to check it out, but it's yeah, very, they're cool. It's very intimate. So that's section. what uh, actually Hollywood's there tonight. I didn't book the event, but he was like, "Hey, can you reach out to management to see if they're showing the game?" The only t- mm-hmm. TVs in that place are in those pavilions. Oh, gonna be mobbed in there yeah so i was like i feel bad for you but i don't think they're gonna play the game but if they do it's gonna be in those pavilions but even if it's no sound people are still gonna be watching it i mean yeah so i'm I'm at stateside tonight and they have two projectors and i was like hey i know i'm there tonight this is like the biggest sixers game in like two 20 years so uh i was like can i play just commercial breaks because i feel like I don't want to get canceled one. So I brought, he actually texted, it was so weird. Me and girls were talking about it. And I was like, I'm going to hit this guy up because I don't want to yeah. lose my gig. And he, he actually hit me up. Y'all, I'm pumped for tonight, right? Because he likes when I do these throwback sure. things there, right? So I was like, yo, I have a, I, can I hit you up? I have like a really good idea. I was like, I think we can drive more people to the bar if we say it's 90s night plus game sound. It's, dude, it's so essential now. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I think it was a younger DJ. And, about like because everyone's like where are you watching the game where are you watching the game or like where are you i even had somebody ask me like where not for this particular game but yeah like, yeah with the way the phillies were and the way the eagles were and everything else though the question now is like so common to be where are you uh, watching the game or where are you djing for the game because right. i'm DJing, yeah, so yeah like oh yeah. where are you djing the game at and i again like gas prices 
that shit changed so fast in only a couple years. Like yeah. I remember the last Eagles Super Bowl run. Yes, there was a couple parties, like a couple. Not every venue. Not in the everybody city. was doing like, game I, sound. I think Weiss did down for or Vesper down one of the two for like the NFC Championship game. And there might have been fifteen people in there watching yeah. the game. I did brew this year for the NFC Championship game, which is just a bar and could not breathe. Yeah, like it's literally crazy. could not breathe. It's crazy. And they went to Broad Street for the NFC Championship game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so let me ask you a question because we both with DJ. You probably been DJ a little bit longer than me, but same. You know. Age range, whatever. Time span, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when you, uh, I'm trying to think how to word this. Uh, so, do you think you would have done that gig when you first started? What do you mean, like play to play event? Like play game sound, just game sound, like game sound, uh, and then do commercial breaks. Well, so for one. I don't know if the technology uh, yeah, existed. Yeah, yeah. I guess that question's kind so of irrelevant. I don't, no, no, it's okay. I, I mean, XLRs and yeah, RCAs yeah, yeah, existed. Yeah. So technically, I guess the technology existed. Right. Uh, no, the technology existed. It was just different you know, different formats. Uh, you know what? The better question. Better question. Do you think COVID is why those gigs exist? So I think COVID is the reason why a lot of uh, gigs and promotions exist. Yeah. I think a bunch of... Now, to answer your first question, ideologically at... The young purist, you know, hip hop with only vinyl DJ that I was at that time. Maybe, maybe not. I was a little egotistical back then, but I was also young. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we all I had that a little bit. I don't think it's necessarily the time period, but right. my my age of me being like, no, I want y'all to hear me get my shit off. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, whereas like I like how you went to your Barry White. Yeah, band. like you know, like, I had to put the put the bass in. You're like, no, you got to hear this routine I have. Yeah. But like, so now it's like I, you're gonna hear my routine, but yeah, it's. You're either gonna like it or you're not, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But like, you you learn how to DJ and AC taught me a lot about yeah, you can shine, but like, there are times where you just need to, and and it's now been I guess like ten years now in AC for me. Like, it, there is times where you just need to like do your job, mm-hmm. and your job might just be in this case to make Eagle Sports, you know, Philly sports yeah. fans excited. My job in AC has always been to make you know a bachelorette excited or make yeah, a birthday yeah. person feel like it's their best night of their life or whatever. Yeah. It's not necessarily, I've seen the best DJs bomb in those rooms, oh, dude, you know, not, not to get off on that tangent, but like, so for the COVID thing, uh, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little oversaturated. Like I think, I think the bubble's going to burst, you know, like anything else, like housing, like any, any other yeah, thing yeah. we see swell. I think everybody's doing game sound. I now. think the bubble's going to burst. I, I don't think the return is always there, but I also don't think, there's it's no loss for them either not spending any money no, they're gonna be open anyway so if yeah. you look at it i always say this like a dj will almost never lose you money almost never and I, like i say almost because i've i've dj'd to zero people before and i'm sure they lost some money that night yeah <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah it wasn't my fault you know snowstorms or yeah. you know inclement weather of some kind a, a tragedy or a, you know whatever something stopped something from happening but in general if you had 20 people in a room right like think about uh uh, who else doing game sound tonight? Like, uh, even take so take stateside, right? Stateside's a little bit different because it's it's more of like it is a niche yeah, spot. It only holds like seventy people. Sure, so it's a little bit different. Take like uh, Wicked Wolf, right? Which we Humongous. both know, yeah. humongous space, right? So you could be thinking like, oh man, it's gonna be empty tonight. It will be empty relative to the four hundred people it can hold or the three hundred people it can hold. But if and I know they do regular programming on Thursday, yeah, not yeah. just for the game. But just consider like, and this isn't like promo for them. I'm just as an example, if they have a DJ there, like 
it's become so common to have a DJ during a game, which sounds insane to some people. Yeah. Like people outside of nightlife or people like in my hometown who just ask me like, well, where are you DJing? I'm like, well, I'm DJing the game at such and such place. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, are you DJing or is the game on? I'm like, both. And they're like, what? Yeah, they're so and, confused. And, and so they're so confused. No, I will say this. It wasn't always, it, it wasn't always just like because of COVID or because of else. I just think that bars are looking for any way to make extra money. And what I will say about it, as much as, yeah, you have to pay X amount of money to that DJ. If there's 30 people on that bar tonight and you had a playlist on, like a Spotify playlist or whatever, whether there was skips between the songs, whether it was a mix, whatever, if it wasn't a live DJ, I'm going to say that you are making 500 to to $1,000 less in alcohol sales straight from the drawer than you would if there was a DJ. Now, you and I both know that those DJs are not getting paid 500 to to $1,000. Yeah. So my point is, it's net zero. Right. So if anything, all it does is make your venue look cooler for a net zero right. investment, right? Yeah. But I mean, even those that game sound stuff, we weren't doing it for games, but uh, did you ever play a field house for like any period of time? No, I think... So I know you did stuff through Pomponio, so I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, if... uh, Montone actually booked me there one time. Yeah. Oh, oh just went in. Oh, That's all right. No. I went to public school. I'll figure it out. Uh, um, <laughs> so for, so... Uh, actually, today is not recorded, so you can't see what just happened. Yeah. I apologize for that. My GoPros... I don't know what's going on. I need to find. Talk is sound too ugly to be on screen. No, it's the camera. It, the the memory cards just wouldn't transfer the footage, so I had no thing left on the camera. I apologize that this episode won't be on YouTube, but you know the little top things that you crack a can with. Well, Mike's just fell into his water, his liquid death because not, Tonka, not a plug. because Tonka drinks water out of a 16, 16 ounce pounder. But it's so so good. It's delicious. <laughs> I'm just saying it wouldn't happen with a plastic bottle of water. That's all I'm saying. No, I apologize. You're actually yeah. that's my last liquid death that you're drinking. So well, it might be my last one if I swallow <laughs> yeah, this metal. Yeah. Anyway, so I, hope, I really hope there's no pieces of shards uh, of metal in there. So yeah, so I played there. You know, through, Nick booked me there. Wentz yeah, booked yeah. Me there, and then there might have been a time that Pomponio booked me there. Was whatever, whoever Puri was reaching out to to yeah, book yeah, at yeah. that time, um, but all the above. And I was then it got to the point. You know, even if, if after those guys kind of like moved away and started doing other stuff, they wanted me there fairly regularly. So I might play there like once a month. Yeah. Be, you know, cover me like Go Go Gadget or somebody else would be there. Uh, but every now and then, my like already predetermined monthly booking, let's say I had it like one or two months out, would land on like a big like prize fight, and they like ha- would have to show the fight, otherwise they were going to lose a ton of money. So during my time there, I did like a McGregor fight, I did Mayweather Pacquiao, I did. Uh, You're a boxing guy, right? Yeah, I love yeah. boxing, and I, and you know, so got more in the UFC. Oh, perfect! Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's perfect for me. So like, I did Mayweather Pacquiao, which I always get upset because you know I'm like a real big boxing guy, as you know. And they're always on Saturday nights or sometimes Fridays, and I'm always busy. And yeah, yeah. so when I get booked on, on them, I'm like, that's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that I did like Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey, like all these amazing fights. For some reason, there weren't. I mean, no offense to to like Philly sports teams, but they're kind of sucked during that time period. So like, it yeah, wasn't yeah. wasn't too much to talk about. This was this I, would have been 2013 to like 20. 16? So I guess that kind of answers my question too. Is I, I feel like if Philly sports weren't where Philly sports is right now, these gigs wouldn't even exist. I mean, I said that. I said I, some of these. No, now I'm gonna sound fucking salty as hell. Yeah. Some, of these, some of these people wouldn't even exist. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. And then shout out to them. Like please get yours while it's here. Yeah, like, yeah. Not just DJs, but like promoters and whoever else. Like get yours. And, and by the way, I've I've gotten mine too. You know, you've played yeah. some of the long gigs too. I love when Philly sports teams are great, right? Yeah, Even my, my friends from out of town, like, do you really care that much? I'm like, yes, I care because I, my job 
gets that much better. And also, too, not just the money. Like the money's there, but you're exhausted by the end of the night anyway. You don't yeah. really think about the money. But so, like you were a part of a memorable experience for somebody. Yeah. And that those Phillies moments, those Eagles moments, and that was me knocking on the desk. Those Sixers moments. Don't mess this up tonight. Yeah. They're they're memorable for people, and they remember who was playing the music while they did it. So yeah. It's it's really I think a smart move for the venues. I do think it is getting oversaturated, um, but I don't think it's like a it won't ruin. Any Are you place. playing anywhere tonight? I am not. No, I'm watching the game with my brother at his house. Oh, bet. Uh, yeah, okay. Go on the OG route. Stay, yeah, staying home and watching. My it. brother. Yeah, my brother texted me. I'm surprised he didn't want to try to like go to the game or something, but or like find like super expensive tickets. But he texted me. He lives out in the suburbs, and he texted. Oh, me. Oh, wait, Reading? No, no. Oh, I was gonna I mean, say, holy shit. No, but I mean, still just far. He lives. If you're familiar with like uh, Coatesville? Yeah. He lives in Parksburg, which okay. is the next town over from that. Was that something bell friendly? You could take your dog. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, "We're gonna watch, we're gonna bring the TV, and he, she could come inside, you know, if she really wanted to." But he's like, "We're bringing the TV outside. We're gonna, you know, have some drinks and everything." I was like, "As long as Bell can come, I'm in." Yeah, and yeah. So he's like, "Oh yeah." So me and Bell are gonna take a ride out there tonight and watch the Sixers win. Hopefully, love that, love that. So, yeah, no, I'm not playing anywhere. Otherwise, you know, I would stop by State. Yeah, yeah. For how many siblings do you have? Uh, I have an older brother and an older sister. Oh, because you're you're a baby like yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, uh, you always get do do you do you get uh, so everyone you know kind of cracks on me because I'm spoiled. Are you spoiled? So by your parents? So I was at a, I'll just tell a story to answer it. I was at a, um, yes, I am. But I they're also not to get dark. There are aspects of me being the youngest that were much more difficult than it was for them. But that's yeah, you know, conversation for a different you know leg of this conversation. Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, but no. So I was I had. Um, my mom's baby sister's youngest son, so my baby cousin's. Okay, uh, I had to track that family tree. Yeah, it's the easiest way to explain it. But he's also like, you know, we're super close. He and I. Yeah. Um, he uh, had his baby shower. Him and his wife had had their baby shower this weekend, and it was, you know, they made it like a more like communal co-ed, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Which is more common nowadays. It was like the first one I think I've ever attended because you know, let's say back in our day, but like we're a little older, so it used to yeah. be just you know all all women, all men, whatever. Um. And so I went, and that being said, it was still like mostly female members of my yeah. family that were yeah, there, yeah. right? Uh, but I fall in the middle, like I was on his bachelor party, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like his boys were there with their wives and this and that. So I'm there, and it was just a simple cookout. Uh, they live in like the Allentown Whitehall area. Yeah. Um, and they have this you know, beautiful backyard and stuff. And we're at this cookout, and everyone's just kind of making it happen. I asked a simple question. I wasn't oh God. trying to be pampered. Yeah. I just asked if there were any knives because they had these chicken cutlets, right? And everything else was like hot dogs and, you know, yeah. you know sloppy joes, whatever. Everything was delicious. And my, my big sister's sitting next to me, and she's a middle child. And she has middle child syndrome, too. And I, I love her to death, but, like, she's watched me get weighted on hand and foot, like, my entire life. Like, uh, till present like, <laughs> and so I'm sitting next to my sister and my mom comes around she's like what do you need you need a knife mind you everyone's out there like making it work with these like plastic you know like forks and spoons and whatever my mom goes into the kitchen and gets me like their silver and like brings out like an actual knife <laughs> and my sister's like you gotta be kidding me right now yeah like so yeah so I I, I would have just put the fork in there and just ate I, around it I was trying to be classy but my mom went and got me a knife and so everybody, like everybody's That's head, what moms are for. Yeah, everybody's head just kind of turned to me, like really using the knife at this cookout right yeah. now. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was definitely babied. I get cracked on all the time yeah. for it. I mean, were you babied? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm still better. spoiled to this yeah, day. Exactly. Yeah, my dad's 91. Um, mm. It still spoils me. God bless him. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's funny because like I don't – growing up, you know, we – it was. It was. You probably hard. didn't even think about it growing up, though, because no. But it was hard because we were 
we were stupid spoiled. We, you know, yeah. if we wanted a bike, we got it. Sure. Uh, my dad was very well off for a while. And then um, he had a job where uh, I probably shouldn't talk about it, but he um, medical benefits for the family really weren't a thing. Right. Okay. Sorry. So he had like a side job when he retired that really wasn't a real job to some. Oh, people. my dad's evaded taxes for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so, a man at that. Yeah, I wouldn't so, put his stuff out there, but like, yeah, yeah. he is the man. So when my mom got really sick, um, a, a lot of the 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 frills went away. Yeah, right. Yeah. The new bike might might have had to wait a month or two months. Yeah. You know what yeah I mean, yeah. so the spoiling. I think he he did a really good job of kind of uh, feet like. Um, weaning us off being spoiled okay you know what i mean instead of you jump get, off a cliff right yes yeah, yeah. so instead of even getting a new quad every christmas it was every yeah. other <laughs> you know what no I mean? we have we I had the quads growing up too yeah, my dad well, was a big ass kid too so like, yeah we had same, quads because he wanted quads yeah yeah we, yeah. we have a mountain we had a, ma- a family mountain house so we had yeah like so, quads we, so we had yeah. places up in the poconos and it all sounds like like i was friggin' like richie rich my dad built homes for a living so he built these places yeah like, it yeah. wasn't like he paid my dad actually helped build yeah. the one we stayed in. exactly yeah, so yeah. it wasn't like you know a mill off and our shore house too we yeah. had a shore house too my dad built every house i ever lived in oh wow like like like, like both houses that i grew up in the house in the poconos so like Man. yes it was awesome to have them and it was a privilege but like it wasn't like he dropped like a mill cash on them yeah yeah post construction yeah, yeah, yeah. with a gated community or anything yeah it was like he bought it in the 80s, built it in the 90s. And yeah. It's still, I, I get to have it growing I, up. I, it's funny. I don't think anybody, like maybe my youngest nephew gets this, but I'll go to my visit my dad. He's like, you need any scratch? You know where to get it. Because <laughs> he has like a, pile, a drawer with like some dad, money in it. My dad had one too. I found it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I found it after, like you know, my parents split. I found it after he moved out. And I was like, I don't know if I was supposed to see that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a lot of money. He asked me all the time. Yeah. He said, scratch, you know where to get it. Uh, you know, no. Don't take more than 100. Because like, he's like, I'm counting it. No, <laughs> so no. I always never took more than 100 bucks. Well, I think it's a rule of thumb. Like anytime, think about this, like you not to like, Switch gears, but like think about like even that art, you know, and we're not hundred bucks ain't shit now. Well, hundred bucks ain't shit, but I'm talking about the mental. Like, all right, if I'm gonna go out for the night, right? Like we go out for like industry nights, stuff like that too. And some of those get out of hand. Yeah, and some of those I forget whether or not I'm using cash or my card throughout the night. Yeah, and some of those we don't get charged at all. Shout out to you guys out there. Yeah, but uh, but like I like mentally in my head, if I grab more than a hundred cash. I stop and look at myself. I'm like, what are you planning on doing tonight? <laughs> what What do you think is going to happen? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. really, Michael, come on. Yeah. Like, I, I really, I'll say my own name out loud. I'm like, yeah. Michael, so, what are we doing? When I take that hundred, I'm like, oh, go to the grocery store. Could go so many places. Like, <laughs> and a hundred dollars at the grocery store don't get you shit now. No, it, it doesn't. Like, we, you know, we don't need to get into inflation. I'm just saying the idea of a hundred. So, for instance, I don't gamble. Do you gamble? Used to, not anymore. Okay, good. Because we both work in casinos. We yeah, it's terrible. Thanks. I actually, I'll bring if I'm at like that Harris gig, not yeah. Harris, um, a Hard Rock gig. Oh yeah, I'll bring uh, I'll bring like fifty bucks in, and I'll put in a slot. Machine. I have a hundred dollar rule. Okay, so you do slots. So I have a hundred dollar rule. Um, I don't know why I play blackjack because I'm not good at it, and it's not like I'm like, but it's like the only one I know how to play without embarrassing myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so you can count. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So like I count twenty one, I'll just do this. <laughs> Uh, and I, I made the mistake of, I, I don't, it's actually like a weird ass story. Um, I'll tell it. So I'll, <laughs> I'll tell it. I'll tell it. No, it's fine. I'll tell it. No, it's, it's, so I don't gamble at all. Right. I just never really did. I, you know, a little sports gambling for fun. Just cause I love yeah. sports, but like, I couldn't even tell you the last time I did that. I thank God don't have the bug, right? Like I know I've, I've had friends that have had to go to GA and like yeah, yeah, been in some yeah. serious trouble. I've had lost some, a ton of money. Some, yeah, like I've had That's guys, why I'm doing it anymore, I've had really. guys in suits knock on their doors. Like I've had friends in, in yeah. that 
you know, go that far. I have other friends who are great at it. I mean, I was, you know, people who are close enough to Weiss know how, how, you know, good of a card player he is. You yeah. Know, and, and that's where the name Double Down Entertainment came from. Yep. But, uh, but, you know, there's people who are good with it. And there's people, you know, in between who's going to do it for fun. I have friends that play poker. Yeah. So I have a couple of buddies who were like, you know, we're on the tour and like the whole thing. That's not me. Yeah. And it never was, thankfully. And I was like, dude, I was, I, I, there's a weird story I found out later on. So I have, I grew up in Reading. Um, and my mom and like all of her like siblings and cousins and everybody, there was no suburbs back then. So like they all grew up in the hood, for example. Yeah, 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 yeah. They all grew up in the city, right? And some of their cousins, uh, when they got a little bit older, broke off and they moved to Atlantic City. So there was like a ton of opportunity down there. So like they yeah. moved to like AC and Ventnor. So I have like family, like real family down there. Oh, bet. Um, so, uh, they, you know, what are you going to do for work when you're there? You work in casinos, right? So, like, the majority of them work in casinos. So, anyway, I always knew that growing up, and I never really, like, I would see him at, like, family reunions. Yeah, I had a cousin like that. that was, like, a pit boss, so. Yeah, they yeah. Were, yeah, same. And they were, like, they were, like, they third cousins there, yeah. and, like, third cousin in-laws of, They lived you know, in Brigantine, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually one of the offshoots, <laughs> yeah. you know, of there. So, so yeah, so, uh, I always knew they existed, knew some of them by face, didn't really know their like spouses or anybody, you know, or didn't really know their kids that well. It was just like branches of my family, right? And the ones who I'm close to know that I know them, but I'm talking about Yeah, I get what you're saying. So um maybe like 24, 25, I'm working in pharmaceuticals, uh, but I was in between projects, like doing like short-term projects, still steadily employed, but short-term. DJing like maybe every now and then, but not consistently enough for it to be like, you know, in the way. And so I was living at my mom's house, which was a weird adjustment because I hadn't lived at my mom's house for a very long time, for maybe like six months, right? And if I get that time period wrong, mom, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's like, it felt like forever. But no, it was, so like we, uh, I was hanging out with my buddy and we met these girls at a bar in Reading and I was DD then. I really, not just saying that, I really was. So I was, you know, dead sober or whatever. And they were like, let's go to Atlantic City. Now, we've kind of like gone all over the map, literally talking about where we've lived and worked. Reading's not close to much, but I'll tell you one place is not close to Atlantic City. Yeah. Right? These girls were, let's go to Atlantic City. So I'm like, yeah. I'm driving. I'm sober. Actually, no, I didn't say yeah. My drunk buddy that like I grew up yeah. with was like, Mike, let's do it. I'm like, don't ever point at me like that. Sober being the one that I have to drive and <laughs> tell me, let's go. But yeah. I'm saying all that with my eyes. I'm not saying any of that out loud because yeah. I don't want to like ruin the moment at 2 right. a.m. Right. So at 2 a.m., we drive to Atlantic City, right? And I, we just go and gamble. There's nothing else to do at that time. We got down there at 4 a.m. And I, it, this is like way before I knew anybody in like clubs or after hours or anything else like that. Yeah. We go to whatever casino we went to. Valley Caesars, doesn't matter. It's the first one you hit when you- Yeah, you know, Caesars. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it may have even been Trump. Trump was open back then. Trump oh, Plaza yeah. Was open oh, yeah, then. it could be. But it was probably Caesars. Um, and so we go in and we start gambling. Now, talk about odds. It's, you know, was, was that a Casablanca quote where he's like, of all the bars and all the places in the world, swear to God, yeah. all the casinos on that strip, all the nights, all the times of nights, all the shifts, all of the tables, right? I sit down at this table and we get this like middle-aged guy and he's dealing us out. He's an Italian guy, I think. We get this middle-aged guy and he was so nice to us. Like, we're just blackjack. If anybody who's played blackjack or knows anything about it, there is a way to be good and bad at it. And if you're dealing, there is a way to be a nice dealer or be a dick. Like you can just deal the cards and watch the person lose. Or you can watch them about to make a stupid move and be like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna make that. I like those dealers. Right? Yeah. Like whereas like poker is like a little bit more of like an individual game. The cards are dealt to you and then you are yeah. playing them right. without anybody else knowing 
what you have. Whereas, right. like, blackjack, everyone can see what you have is the point. Yeah. Right? Including the dealer. So this dealer was helping us. And ends up in the night, my buddy makes like five, I make like five, right? And my, my rule up until then, and still is to this day, that I will only gamble $100. Whatever I do with that $100, it's up to me. If I win 1000 I win 1000 If I lose 100 I walk out. It's like my rule. Yeah, right? it's a good rule. Because I just, I know my impulses enough to know that I wouldn't be able to control myself. Yeah, mine's 50 because I know my... Sure. Yeah. So we, we get through that night. We have a great time. You know, it's just, I think it was like four of us, whatever. We have a great time. I don't know if the, like the girls want any money. Me and my buddy each want money and we're cool. Get back in the car and take a long drive back to Reading. I think it's like a two and a half hour drive. It was terrible. It was like five hours driving in one night just to like gamble and like just dumb stuff you do when you're young, I guess. Yeah. And, and especially like dumb stuff you do when you live in a small town like Reading when there's nothing else to do. And I'm not downing anybody from them. Right. Yeah. People always ask like why I never stuck around there. This and that. I'm just like because I would do dumb shit like that all yeah. the time. All the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like a like, like hundred thousand miles in my car in a second. So yeah. Anyway, I I get back. And my friend's an idiot. He told his mom. His mom is my mom's best friend. My mom wakes me up the next morning. She's like, you're in Atlantic City last night? And I'm not allowed to go to Atlantic City. I was 25 years old. But I was living in her house yeah. rent-free at the time. And I'm making like a lot of money in my yeah. job, right? Like, And she's nice enough to like let me live there. I'm sure I was helping out with stuff. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, for her, it was the principle of it. Like, yeah. You want to gamble money that you don't pay me? And my mom's like, like old school about that stuff. And also, my mom has zero vices. So oh, like, snap. she doesn't, you know what I mean? Like she doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't gamble, doesn't do anything. So like she, that's beyond her to do something risky with money that's not yours. Oh, snap. And she looked at it like money that was not mine because it could have been money I could have been paying her, right? And so we start talking about it. And she's like, well, why don't you tell me about how your night went? So I start telling her how my night went. How about the dealer, the one dealer in all those places in the world is her cousin's husband. Like it's her cousin. Did he basically. know it was you? No. That was even funnier. How'd she find out? Well, because we started talking about it. And she was like, what was his name? And I started telling her about the conversation we were having. He was talking about his kids or his grandkids. I forget. He was talking about how that one of them was getting like a swimming scholarship to like Penn State or this or that. And she's like, yeah, that's Todd. Or like, you know, whatever my 15th cousin twice Oh my is. God. And so this is, it was, uh, Darius passed away. It was Doris's, it was either Darius or Doris's husband. I'm going to mess with the cousins. Nobody on this podcast listening yeah, cares yeah, yeah. what their name was. But I'm thinking out loud. It was my mom's cousin's, it was my mom's first cousin's husband who, who dealt us out. Oh and, my God. Yeah. Did she call them? No, I don't think, I think eventually it got through to like my grandmother who told my, you know, my grandmother's sister, my great aunt. Um, and they eventually like had a laugh about her or whatever. And I told my grandmother about it and she was like, she was, my grandmother was excited about it. She's like, how's he doing? Yeah. But like, it was the, it was the fact that like I went to, it's like, I, I count on one hand the amount of times I've gambled. And that's the reason why that story sticks out is because I don't gamble. Yeah. Yeah. That is a story though. I mean, come on, like of all the places, like it's going to be like my family and I didn't even know it was my family. And he's, but the reason why I bring that up is because he made me think I could play blackjack. So like, uh, like, I remember I would go to AC. Uh, this, this story was going somewhere, and here's where it's going. Yeah, yeah. And here's where I don't play blackjack. Yeah. And I'm sorry, my Uncle Richie, thank you for helping me win money that night, but you screwed me because, uh, like, a couple months after that, it was my buddy's whatever birthday, 24th, 25th, something like that, the same time period, and we go to Club Providence in Tropicana. Yeah. Which was the spot back in the day. Yeah. And we go to Providence. I'd never had a bad night in there, so we had an amazing night in Providence. Uh, I remember Jason Smith, who I just got to play with uh, a couple weeks ago, was the resident. He crushed it like he always does. Yeah. We had a great ass night. And there's like in the quarter, which we now you know have played with like Kiss Kiss and all that. Yeah. Um, there's like 
gambling's not far away. You have to like walk. Yeah, to you have to walk away. to it. Yeah. But but you have to hit it before you hit the rooms, and that's strategic on the way on the oh, yeah. part of the casino. So we get down there. Me and my buddy, who also does not gamble, was like, "Let's play real quick." And we are bombed. We're like beyond, like wasted. Yeah. I've never lost a hundred. I told you a hundred dollar rule. I took out a hundred dollars. You know, they give you a hundred dollar bill from the ATM machines and the casinos. If any, yeah. Nobody's ever done that before. It's always in hundreds. If you do it like on hundred on the dot, a hundred dollar bill, but hundred dollar bill chips down. I want to say it was less than five minutes. Let's put it that way. Wow. Done. But it's yeah. also because I was really drunk. You don't do if you don't play like. Yeah, you're the, not you're not in their correct mindset. Smoked. You're not bet, you're not betting minimums. I got smoked and I have not gambled since. Like, I wow. Like, I mean, I maybe maybe like one time since then, but like literally, like I won't because I'm like traumatized. This is why you don't do it and traumatized. Like, your Uncle Richie made you think that you could and you can't. Yeah, you're traumatized after mm-hmm. that. Damn. Come on, Uncle Richie. You gotta do better, man. He. I mean, he set me up. Maybe he knew that I was his family, and maybe I was. I don't know. He just didn't want to ruin the moment for me or whatever, but yeah. Damn, Uncle Richie. Yeah. All right, so let's switch gears back to DJ. Sure. Okay, so um, you have any part of you that wants to stay full-time throughout the summer? Every part of me wanted to, honestly, um, and every part of me still does want to. Um, like you were asking how like the interviews are going and the, yeah. and the job search. The reason why it's not – why, why I haven't taken anything is not because there's not opportunities there. There's opportunities every day. Uh, you know, pharma for better or for worse. I have a love-hate relationship with it ideologically, but pharma for better or for worse will always be there. It's, it's yeah. too big of a business to not be. It's like a funeral home. Sure, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's, you know, people are born, people die, and people take medicine, you know, and, and even if that shifts, it won't shift enough to make it, you know, so that there's no jobs. So, the only difference is um, regionally, uh, the pharma industry in, in Philly, and again, I know nobody cares about this, but it's very like mature. There's, there's not a lot, ton of development, whereas all the development that's going on is like in other states and cities. So Boston, D.C., uh, North Carolina, like places like that. I obviously can't do that and still maintain like a fairly regular DJ schedule. I did it a long time ago. I was like paying for my own flights back to Philly to take gigs. Like you want to talk about like a like a like a net zero like hustle, but I had to do it because like yeah. I was getting major opportunities in Philly, and I wasn't about to be like, oh, I can't. I'm in Boston because then they were going to remember me as the Boston guy. Yeah, and be like, I just want him to call me. He's in Boston. I want to make him come down. I'm like, no, leave that up to me. Let me make zero dollars so I can get my yeah my hustle on. You know, and had I not done that, I wouldn't be where I'm at because it was yeah. like it put me in front of people. And those people, people put me in front of people and blah, blah, blah. You know how that goes. But that being said, this summer is, is going to be like a really big and, and successful summer. We've talked about it, you and I privately. Mm-hmm. Like COVID, quote unquote, has been over for a long time. But like I would almost argue that this summer is going to be the most like full-bodied summer yes. that any all of us have seen for a really long time. Any mm-hmm. venue that can be open is open. And any venue that can be open has now been open for a full calendar year enough to like get their bearings whereas like was that two summers ago where like uh i don't know the governor of jersey i probably murphy Murphy? yeah i think so he literally declared it open like on memorial day weekend yeah and bars were like cool bro i guess i'll just call my entire staff and you know what i mean like they're booking djs last minute like the whole thing right and then the following summer would have been last summer where you know everybody had a good summer but like there were still more opportunities to be had yeah 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 and and so anyway and like I see all the opportunities coming up and, and stuff that like, you know, that Weiss has going on and that we've been, he and I have been talking about for years. And so when this layoff happened, obviously I was pissed, but part of me was like, I don't want to go back to work until September, you know, excuse me. So 
financially, I could do it. I could do it. It just would depend on like how. I kind of want you to do it. No, nah, me too. Yeah, me, me too. And listen, I I won't. I I'm gonna do it. Uh, the only way you'll see me like take a job opportunity, like I have a couple that I interviewed for over the last two weeks. Um, if they, it's too good to pass up, then obviously. So they have to be the right fit. So I just I interviewed for one. It's not always just financials though, right? Like so. Uh, you know, I have other stuff that like I'm involved in or I'm interested in. You know, this is somebody who works out. You, yeah. You and I have both similar interests and yeah, similar uh, schedules as well, right? Yeah. So we both work out consistently, and yep. it's like a non-negotiable for us, right. right? Like it's part of our day. I have had relationships ruined because yeah, like, same, yeah. absolutely. Um, so we we work out non-negotiably. We play intramural sports for fun. It's enriching. Like for people who laugh and joke about it, like I'm. To speak for you, yeah. it makes me feel good. It gives me something to look forward yeah, to. I hear I've you. I've been an athlete my whole life, so like it, it keeps me going in that sense. Yeah. And so, and plus, you know, you meet a lot of cool people through it and all that other kind of stuff. And it's like the it's like the way to be social at our age without like going out to like a singles bar every yeah. day. You know what I mean? I like, get what you're saying. You can't like meet friends at 39. Like you don't just like knock on someone's door. Like want to be my friend? <laughs> like you know, when you're in college, you were just friends because you like live next door. Can to Michael come out and play? Yeah, it's, it's you know, it, and obviously I have my friends in all their walks of life. I have my you know industry friends. And I have my friends I grew up with who I still keep in touch with this day. I have amazing. You know, I always say like my funeral is going to be packed, and I'm blessed to say that. But like that doesn't mean I have people to hang out with all the time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's I get not, that. Yeah. It's, you know, so like anyway, those things, the gym, uh, playing sports, being able to DJ, those are things that bring other people into my life because otherwise I would be by myself. Some of these jobs I'm looking at, one to two hour commute one way every day. Add that, that to an eight hour work day, yeah, right? No, thank you. Now you're talking about ten to fourteen hours, in some way, shape, or form, dedicated to that job. Not even mentioning the fact that, you know, anybody who knows me even a little bit knows that my dogs and now dog are the center of my earth. That's an 11-year-old dog alone for 14 hours a day. It's not how I want her to live her life. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter if she's fine with it or she's, you know, low maintenance or this or that. Like, that's not how I want to live my life with her. I don't know if I'm going to have her for another year, another five years. I don't know. You never know. You know what I mean? No, I know. You and I I both went through that in the last year. Like, we don't know how our time's going to be spent, and I know how I want to spend it and how I want... You know, and I'm sorry for your recent loss, obviously, yeah. but like that's how I want both of my time with her and my time myself as an adult to be spent. So that being said, I've had to turn down a ton of opportunities that are like great financially. Um, it wouldn't affect DJing like logistically. Crazy. Just it's, it has you haven't found the right fit. And so I interviewed for one the other day that would be like a hybrid or remote setup. Love that and beautiful, right? Uh, pays less than some of the other ones, but I wouldn't even really care about that. Like, I mean, I care. The money's still great. It's not whatever. It's fine. You know, in between me and you, it, it's awesome. But like, it would be less, and certainly less than I could ask for. But we're talking like two, three days a week in the office. You know, minimal commute even to the office. You know, it'd be like forty-five minute drive. It would suck, but like, it would be two days a week as opposed to like a Friday. You know, if I worked an hour away and on a Friday I had to be in Atlantic City, and we love that Hard Rock Lobby Bar gig. But if I had to be at Hard Rock Lobby Bar, set up and ready to go by five o'clock. Logistically, how does that even work out? Why would, I, yeah. why would I even go into the office, right? Like, so it's things like that. That's that, one thing I'm going to miss not working with with uh, Weiss and Double Down anymore. It's a hard those lobby bar gigs. Yeah. Really, but but also too, all jokes aside, we have fun there. But you and I and anybody who's ever played it knows it's a pretty big nut financially. Too. Oh yeah. So like you were talking about making it work. Lobby bar is what helps me make it work. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Gigs like that is what like helps gigs me make like it work. that is half my mortgage. Right. Exactly. So like I I I you know what's the 
And it's uh, a getaway. Cutting like, off I, your nose, spite your face, or whatever yeah, the hell yeah, it is. Like, yeah, I yeah. literally would be doing that. Like, so for the people that are like, well, you know, uh, if you did the day job, you wouldn't need the DJ. I'm like, yeah, you're right, but it's, it's, it, it has to find a balance some way. Shape, yeah, no, I get it, and and I kind of feel you now because I have the shore house now, mm-hmm. um, and like this Saturday I'm in Dewey Beach, right? Okay. So that's you know four hour gig, two the, hour drive down, two hour Ivy? drive back. No, I'm at North Beach. It's close by though. It's right, right next door. It's Ivy's not even open anymore. Okay. Um, so North Beach right next door. Um, so that's two hours drive down, four hour gig, two hours back. So that's what two, four. That's eight hours, mm-hmm. eight and a half. That vinyl's gonna be alone now. Sure. And I'm freaking out. Nike passed away two and a half weeks ago, yeah. and now vinyl is still getting adjusted. Yeah. So yeah. like, thankfully, I have Grizz. Like Grizz, if I go to the gym, she sits with them because she works from home, yeah. right? So I'm like freaking out. I'm like, this cat yeah. is gonna be alone for nine hours. And, and, he, and so I'm like, now I'm with the Shore House. I'm like. I have thank I have a great support system where yeah, yeah, I have yeah. a lot of friends nearby that are cat lovers that offered to come by sure. once a day just to check on them. My neighbor feeds them, so I think if he has constant interaction yeah. with people around the day, he won't miss me as much. Be stimulating enough, yeah. right? I just see someone that come over play with them for like an hour, or just sit and watch TV with them for an hour. I, and like I didn't I didn't take the time to like talk to recruiters about this necessarily, but I talked to my friends about it when they ask. I'm like, not to like play my tiny violin or cry myself a river or anything but anybody who knows me knows that i'm like very much like a, i'm by myself in every yeah. aspect of the word so even like my friends who are like you know what about this job or what about that job like you're going for that i'm like my friends you know i'd say 90 not 90 percent of them because definitely not my industry friends, yeah. but like my non-industry friends 95 percent of them are married right yeah like divorced or something yeah like yeah that. and you know even my industry friends let's say 50 percent of them are in a relationship of some sort yeah or and the ones who aren't in a relationship. So if there's like a pie, it's like fifty percent of them in a relationship and like in or live in situation. For the other forty percent, have roommates. Yeah. So really, only ten percent can really relate to me, like completely living by myself. Right. right? And Same. I know you live by yeah. yourself too, yeah. but like, but like you just mentioned, and it's a, it's a nod to her. Like you have Chris who's willing to do that, or you have you know friends close by. I have like friends close by that definitely would check on Bell, but it's not yeah. something I would lean on. It's right. not something I would burden right. them with. And that's what I'm afraid of is yeah. leaning on that. Because I told you Bell's welcome at my shore house if you guys ever want to come down. That's the kind of thing. Because yeah. you know, I love her and, yeah. and I love animals in general. But it doesn't so. count for the other five days of the week where I got right. to figure something exactly. out. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. So. so that's what I'm really worried about now. And it's funny because when Nike was here, I wasn't thinking about that. And I was like, yeah, they had each other. That's, yeah, when so Memphis now I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I just paid $6,500 for this shore house. Yeah. What am I going to do? He right. hates the car. Can't predict that stuff. Yeah, I mean, though. a lot. Of some, I don't know if these people are allergic to cats. Like, if they'd be cool with me bringing him down yeah. two days a week. I will say, not to break the fourth wall for you guys, uh, me and Tonka were nervous about this episode because I'm deathly allergic yeah. to cats. Not deathly, but I'm very allergic to cats. And we're an hour in, and I feel great. So yeah, I- so uh, thank, So when I was at the gym, uh, Grizz hit me up, and she was like, hey, I vacuumed the whole sneaker room. Thanks, and Grizz. The, on the way up to the sneaker room, so Mike's not affected. And I I uh, wiped down the table yeah. with this like cleaning wipe that I have that it's been very good with guests that are, have allergies. So I'm good, man. Yeah. I'm I, feeling great. It would have already lit, hit me. I lit rolled the, the mic cover and everything. It, and if it would have hit me, it would have like really hit me. Yeah, like, yeah, like, I'm glad. I'm glad because that yeah, means because cool. I definitely because we're an hour and f- fifteen minutes yeah. in, and I feel like we didn't even touch on some stuff yeah. that I wanted to touch on, and I definitely would like to have you back yeah, um, at, in a, either a co-host setting or maybe an episode two because sure. I we we still haven't touched on a couple of things that I wanted to um, talk about, and it's it sucks because when you have someone that 
you know, I know, like yeah. obviously, like you, we have so much in common. Where there's a lot of people I don't think know about you. They they yeah. they might not. They might see you by your Instagram that you have this like soulful thing with music, and then mm-hmm. you're a gearhead, and then you yeah. like to work out. You like play intramural sports. You do all yeah. these things, kind of like me that's mm-hmm. why i think we hit it off so sure. well and i always make the joke it's like how do we just like become friends because i, I feel like we would have been good friends our whole lives for sure yeah i, I always i joke around with i said this like to your face too i was like it's i've never met somebody who i've had because you and i also butt heads on things are like yeah. very very different about yeah, certain yeah. things like like i like sometimes ideologically but i was i was like i've never had somebody who i've had more in common with yeah who i've been more different than as a person and not yeah, in a bad yeah. way but like yeah yeah you go left and i go right by the way not politically people we never talk about yeah we never talk other. about politics and i have yeah. no plan to yeah but like uh i forget what it was it was like a because we both love sneakers but like you showed me a sneaker and i was like i would literally never pay money for that shoe. yeah 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 and you yeah. were like you were like i would be first in line for that shoe. And i was like and that's dope like yeah yeah, that's yeah, cool yeah. That, like we can both like sneakers but completely like do you hate any on to, this wall no, I don't hate. I don't think I could hate any of this. Yeah. Ball, no. I mean, I'm, I'm looking up, and again, like no video today, but like, yeah, and yeah. I'm sure you guys have seen other shots, and he's posting them. But I was actually before we sat down, I was trying to figure out my favorite. Yeah. So, uh, what are those Harachis, the camos? So no, you, this is uh, Kobe ones. Okay, okay, yeah. So those were Kobe one Prontos. Actually. Yes, I do yeah. remember them. I have Reeboks. Out. All the they're all from the nineties up there. So especially say, that corner pair. You know, 90s. you the one that we both have in common is that we like uh, the late eighties, early nineties runners. Yeah, like the obviously like Asics, Sockenies, Sin- yep. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, you said it right too. Yeah, it's Sockney. Yeah, I said Sockney. Yeah, now as yeah. I say, you said it right. Yeah. Um, we'll see, but. Uh, People who didn't buy those shoes all the time back in the day don't realize the boxes used to have the phonetic spelling yeah. on the inside of them. I don't know if they still do. Yeah, like, I don't know. It used to say sock dash A yeah. dash yep. K N E. <laughs> so I, I was like, I remember I like my sister ended up going to Shippensburg, but she went to Towson first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty much the same reason why I went to Temple. We spent all of our time when I was growing up going to Philly or Baltimore because they were both an hour shot from Reading. And just to like see different stuff. Yeah. Go to my, totally my get family was big into like enriching that kind of stuff, museums, aquariums, yeah. that kind of stuff. That's dope. And so my sister fell in love with Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Found out shortly after being there for a little while. My sister's like very, very reserved and, and in, in the, all the best ways. But like Baltimore is a lot for someone who's yeah. living in the area. Is very a lot. For, so she ended up going to Shippensburg and it's much better fit for her. But when we were going down there, I fell in love with the style down there. And people don't know much about like fashion and sneaker culture especially back then today's different not to be like whatever but because of the internet and social media all you guys dress the same but like back in the day <laughs> yeah a philly person dressed like a philly person yeah la person it's definitely like you can definitely tell yeah D- and now still to this day there still is the differences like phone posits a dc thing and like yeah, yeah, yeah. cortez is la thing like you yeah know i mean you have that but like love me some phones yeah and and so i was down there and i was like why are all these people this is like 90 six or something like that and i'm like why are all these people wearing my grandfather's sneakers and because all of them had sockenies on right yeah these like high thick socks on with these sockenies i'm like why are they doing this and i went back to reading and i was like and there was only two on the shelf i'll never forget it was like black and silver like og yep, one og like jazzes a, yep and yeah. there was like uh and then they had like we used the, to break dance in those was it like the, yeah, they're so with the fat laces i don't know how you did they were so uncomfortable yeah. you break your ankle because yeah cause the sole was a chunk it was literally like, so yeah. people don't know the sneaker it looks it looks like a platform sneaker but i loved laces. it because it would give me yeah. like two inch on height but yeah like, <laughs> those things were like not ugly but like they were they were chunky so yeah 
I wore them to school and I got clowned. I bet, yeah. So only kidding. Yeah. In Redding, like, we tried spicing things? them up with fat laces, ladder yeah, lacing had, them. And, they had know. silver striping them, so I bought like silver and blue laces. Yeah, and yeah. Blue ones and the whole thing. And I had the, the Jazz 2s, which were like, they were a little more sporty than like yeah, the yeah. original ones or whatever. But yeah, like so we both love those. Yeah. Uh, favorite, I mean... I, I don't know how my favorite couldn't be the threes. Yeah, Black cement a, threes are probably my yeah, favorite. Yeah, top row threes, yeah. Yeah, cement threes, I mean, what were those Spiz Ikes? Uh, yeah, these are the yeah. Obama Spiz Ikes right here. Yeah. Uh, they're the ones that um, Spike Lee uh, gifted to Obama. That's what yeah, I mean. they're super. I mean, those are classic. Cool grade they're nines. Tough. Yeah, they're my one of my faves. They're cl- it, it would just be hard for it not to be. There's definitely none I dislike. Oh, that's I, good. So... Those eighty nine are they eighty nine? Uh, 90s. 90s. Yeah. So I love I love those. Always have loved yeah. those. I feel MX like that's 90s a, are the best for the DJs of our age group. Yep. That, that used to be like the DJ sneaker. Johnny B is like the yeah. king of yeah, Air Max nineties. Yeah, yeah. Who else? There was somebody else who used to live in them too. Was it Denial? Somebody else. Not denial. I don't know. Actually, I'll be seeing him tomorrow. I can ask him. <laughs> no, like, it's not a bad thing. I'm yeah, no, no. Like, I, I just know me and Johnny B. We send uh, Instagram. Uh, it's definitely Johnny back. B. Yeah, he's definitely a nineties guy. Yeah. But I those I mean those yeah. have always been my favorite. I love. I still 90s. have a pair of those. Yeah, I always um, keep a pair of those. So, uh, real quick, I want to touch yeah. on one thing. Do sure. you remember your first DJ gig at post college? Oh, oh, there's two. I was gonna say first. We'll we'll say both. My first paying DJ gig ever was a graduation party. Okay. Uh, I had the flu. For all the people who are afraid of like infectious diseases, I was not missing my first DJ gig. I I never forget the picture. I have like yellow eyes. I'm like like crying doing this gig because I was so sick. But I had to do it. It was my older friend's graduation party. Uh, I did the whole thing with maybe like one crate of vinyl records. They heard every song five times. It didn't matter. Yeah, everybody had a great time. Uh, and I got paid like 200 bucks or something like that. I had to bring all gear and whatever else. But yeah, I was 16, 17, 200 dollars was a million. Are your first um, one post college? Um, I'm uh post college. I don't know. I I won't even. I'm not even trying to like down those. But I would get like one a year because people just knew that I was a DJ. But I wasn't I didn't really like have my shit together. I was like my library was all messed up, or I would do. Yeah, like, I would literally play half vinyl and half like on Serato, like yeah. SL one. My first like real gig. I always tell people. And again, not to put down any of the people who booked me before that, but they were like weird ass privates that like yeah, like family members yeah. didn't want to pay for a DJ for their wedding or some shit. Yeah. And no offense to my family members, but yeah, I'm saying yeah. like that's literally what it was. I was very underqualified for those. My family doesn't even ask me anymore. No, no <laughs> mine, mine doesn't either. But uh, the first real big one I, I always say was, uh, or the one I always hold on to is playing Mission Grill. Uh, I later on found out I was filling in for Weiss and I, I talked about it on uh, Kevin Nichols podcast. Like, oh, snap. But yeah, it was the first one I ever did. I didn't, it, he didn't book me for it. He was just doing another event and my friends were, um, like I have a bunch of friends in South Philly. I told you I moved to South Philly yeah. after college and like immersed myself there. I don't know if it's the Italian culture or whatever it was, but like I, those are my best friends to this day. My buddy I train with mm-hmm. is, you know, is down there. So his wife, that same guy, his wife, um, and all her girlfriends, uh, it's funny. They all came out to Leda. I was there last weekend. Just to bring it full circle, like they was like yeah, her forty. Yeah. Her forty. That last place weekend. is low key fun. Yeah, I, I had fun time. there. I had a blast. I play a lot weekend. of Latin there too. So I yeah, almost all night at the end of the night. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah. So anyway, so like that crew, my South Philly crew, uh, was doing like guest bartending spots at Public House and Mission Grill, which both had yeah. like the same management at the yeah. time. And 
they were at Mission Grill, and I'd been going out to all these open bars, and I loved them. It was a great time. I was like 26 or whatever, and it was a, you know, put like 20 bucks down and drank all night and yeah, had a blast those in Center nights. City. Yeah. Those doesn't exist anymore no, anywhere. Doesn't. No. But like, it was a real thing. Like, there were so many open bars in the city back then, it was crazy. But uh, I think Ladder used to do one. There, there was definitely Tiki Bob's did them. Yep. McFadden. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, it was one of those nights, and you know how those open bar nights would go, but they kept inviting me to them. And at this point, I'm like grinding DJing. Like, I've been building up my library. Literally, like, locked myself in a room for a year, built up my whole digital library. I was like ready to go. And finally, I just put my foot down and I said, She was like, Mike, you gonna come out this weekend? I said, No. She's like, What do you mean, no? I was like, Not unless I'm DJing. And it just so happened, like, serendipitously, that like later on found out Weiss was already off that night and he was the resident at that time. It was like him and one other guy, I forget who. And, uh, and they, you know, reached out to management. They're like, Yeah, I mean, it's, he can try it. It's his to fuck up, basically. Like, you know, if he's no good, he's no good. And if he is, we'll, you know, we'll talk to Weiss yeah. and have him around. And then, you know, I told the story to people before, but uh, Weiss ended up popping in that night. And that's where I met Weiss. Oh, snap. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, 2009. Okay. I think. Nice. If I get the years right. Yeah, 2009. So we're about 14 years in now for those of us. Everybody knows we're close, but like, yeah. I don't think people know like how long it's been. Yeah, that's what's for up. me and him. Not many people can put up with each other that long. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think nine is, I think is one of nine and. Yeah, that's why I figured somewhat equivalent to. Nine, Aaron. Uh, who else did I. I'm like close, close with for that long. I think you know, yeah, I don't really have any childhood friends anymore. So deep. I actually I have one friend Matt. We're just not close, close anymore. But yeah, I have I have like I mean we don't get to hang out, but I just have childhood friends that I make like my childhood friends and my college friends. I'm close with them via social media. Yes, so mine are all married, have kids. Yep. Um, so we have different conversations about different stuff. My college friends, we have like a little. Well, we were better pre-COVID, but like have a thing where like we try to get together like. Now it's more like twice a year. It used to be a little bit more often. I'm cool with that. That works for me. Works for them. Like travel wise, my high school friends moved like all over the country like right after high school. Yeah. So like it's always been via satellite for us pretty much. Um, and then yeah, and then I mean, so we just try to keep like group chats going. And yeah, stuff. yeah. And, you know, God, I hate group chats. No, but it's these <laughs> yeah, aren't yeah, these yeah, are like yeah. three to four people. Like it's not yeah, like 15, yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. people. Like I tune those out. Yeah, those, for sure. Those they're get on, muted they're on super, super quick. Yeah, like. Hopefully you don't mute the Stratus one because that's that's no, the that, most important one. That one's good. It, yeah, it, there's it, only five of us. We, we don't we, talk it really. Either. And it'll only the only time I ever will is like and like me and Weiss joke around with like double down group chats we've had over the years. If they go like like off the rails on a tangent. Yeah, like we had a long time ago. We had one that was like a we had a, like and it wasn't by the way it wasn't like excluding anyone. It, it was excluding them as a favor. Like the people who were just in it for like business. We excluded them and made like a side chat of like, all right, this is where we talk about like fuck shit, and like you know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, fuck boys, <laughs> part, part of my French, but like, yeah, just dumb stuff that would would clog up, you know, someone else's the business normal feed. Right. person's yeah. business feed, right? Like it wasn't to exclude anyone, but we just knew they were not a scumbag and like didn't want to yeah. just like talk shit all day. So like we would make and those those are healthy too. Like it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not clicky or exclusionary. It's more like it's just like. I'm doing this for your benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I, mean? I get like, it. Yeah. So I don't know. What, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Sure. Okay. Because uh, we are about hour and 27 minutes in. And there's yeah. so much more I want to talk I about. Know, we both got. Um, yeah. I actually have to start getting ready for a gig. I have to leave in a yeah. half an hour. Sure. Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Yeah. Season two is gonna be recording down the shore at my shore house. Will you co-host an episode with me? Absolutely, gladly. <gasps> Love yeah, that. Okay. Because nice. I, I definitely want to talk to you more. I feel like yeah. to a lot of these episodes that I get into with my homies, like 
like Montones, I feel like we could have kept talking. There's a yeah. bunch that I want to bring back for season two that we just could have kept talking. You're not I, short of anything to talk right. about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so like, there's definitely, I think you'd be a good co-host, especially if we have like a younger DJ on where I can find someone that has the same common interest and we can talk about other stuff. And that's why yeah. I don't like to script anything because I feel like today yeah, we talked about a lot and I think some people are going to learn a lot from different uh, podcasts yeah. you've been on. Yeah. So. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to episode 17 Thanks, with guys. DJ Mike Lowry. Thank you for trekking all the way to Maniunk. I appreciate it. And um, thank you all for tuning in. Catch you guys next week, 8 p.m., Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Peace. Peace.